0: radioinfluence.com Welcome back to the Lawfather podcast. As always, we are here in our new and improved Lawfather studios right here in Lawfather headquarters. As always, please check us out on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram uh and YouTube as well. We have all of these shows going up on YouTube and uh those of you who are listening live and watching live on TikTok, welcome. Appreciate you all. And uh you know, we're gonna try that try to use that as a forum that if you have questions, that maybe we can get into a little little bit of discussion live uh right there. So um we'll try it, see if that works. I don't know. Uh I think we've tried to do live question and answer in the past and uh really didn't work. But you know, we'll give it a shot we'll see what happens uh, and as always big thank you to radio influence and jason for making this podcast a reality so that i can bring this show to all 50 of you who are listening and i have a big thank you to every single one of you who are listening anyway let's jump right into it and uh you know we had a lot of we have a lot of stuff going on still right And so we're going to touch on a couple different topics. I know normally I talk about one specific topic at a time, and we fill about thirty minutes with that specific topic. But a couple things have happened over the past couple weeks, and uh, you know some of them are small enough that they don't warrant their own show. But as a continuation of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, which we talked about last time, from the last show to today, there has been a verdict. So, those of you who uh, don't live under a rock, a Rittenhouse, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. Okay. And so, I want to dive into that a little bit. And uh, the other piece that we're going to talk about today is the Astro World lawsuit. Okay. We may have to change the name of it because I don't know if I can say Astro World several times during the show. But, that said, we've talked about it for, talked about talking about it for a couple of shows. We're actually going to talk about it today uh, because there has been uh, some things that have happened and um, some lawsuits that have been filed. But let's look at what the Rittenhouse verdict means, okay? And I think it's really an important concept to consider and think about, right? And we have resolutions, right? Once you go to a jury... There are essentially two ways it ends, guilty or not guilty, okay? One of the options in that is not innocent, okay? And maybe this doesn't fit real well into a nice, neat little package when you're talking about a case that involves, uh, that, that involves self-defense, right? But don't confuse the not guilty verdict by the jury with the fact that Rittenhouse was innocent, okay? And, and I think it's a, a really important thing, and, and I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of people join in on TikTok, so I appreciate you all joining in and listening, and those of you who are, are, are listening on TikTok may not have heard me talk a, a lot in the past about, I'm concerned about the legal aspect, and, and it's not about the political side of it, right? So this has become a highly politicized type case. I could care less about the politics of the written house case, really, truly, don't care, okay. But what I do care about is the interplay of the legal system and what the law says, right? And so I think that's really important to look at and to understand that as I'm looking at at this and evaluating these things, it's all from a from the legal standpoint, okay. So what does not guilty mean? Not guilty means just that. It is truly just the opposite of guilty okay? It doesn't mean that the person is innocent, right? It doesn't mean that the, the person is completely absolved of any wrongdoing, okay? And, and look, I didn't sit through the entire trial. I wasn't present the night that Rittenhouse shot three people, okay? I wasn't there. So I'm I'm not going to pretend whether or not it was truly self-defense or not self-defense. But what I know is a jury, a jury of his peers, found that he was not guilty, right? Doesn't mean he didn't do something. Just doesn't mean that based on the evidence that was presented, that that Rittenhouse was guilty, okay? That's all that that means, right? And I do. I, I see the comments, you know? Um, hey, guilty. Yeah, okay. I get it. But if you look at the trial and you look at it from the legal standpoint, the state has a burden to to prove evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, and they just didn't do that. okay? So that's how we end up with a not guilty. and just remember, not guilty and innocent are two different things. So if there's no other takeaway from it other than that, that not guilty and innocent are completely different. There is no trial in America. I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're OJ or Kyle Rittenhouse or any Joe Schmo off the street. Nobody is ever found. Innocent in the United States in the court system for the United States, no one is ever found innocent. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, one other important piece to keep in mind: this may not be the end of the road for Rittenhouse. This may not be the end of trouble for him. So, those of you who are old enough to remember, and uh, I believe I was in middle school, maybe elementary school at the time, but those of you of a of a certain age that remember OJ Simpson, right? Kind of same deal, right? So think about that, OJ was not guilty. OJ wasn't innocent, right? Remember, not guilty and innocent, two different things. OJ was found not guilty, right? So once again, that'd be the end, right? You wash your hands of it and that's it. Well, no. So if you remember back to OJ, OJ was then sued civilly and was found liable for the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and the other guy. He has a name, and I'm sure it's important, uh, Ron Goldman, right? Thank you, Jason, for the assist. Uh, that is uh, that is why he's here um, kind of half listening to the show. I appreciate that when we get those little tidbits dropped in my lap. But, you know, O.J. Was, was found liable on the civil side. And I would not be shocked if you see something similar with Rittenhouse on the civil side. Because here's the deal, right? Is... That the, the burden of proof, what has to be proven by the plaintiffs in the civil case, the state in the criminal case, right? On the plaintiff's side in a civil case, the, the bar to get over, the burden of proof, if you will, right, to use the legal term, is a lot lower when you're talking about a civil case, okay? So you can have an instance where not guilty, criminal, hey, but you're found liable for um, being negligent or whatever whatever the case may be on the civil side so two completely different processes I would not be terribly surprised if you saw a civil suit come out of the written house case really wouldn't um, I, I would actually expect it okay so be on the lookout for that which then kind of transitions us into another lawsuit and uh, we will be looking at the World incident and the lawsuit there so, kind of we'll call it breaking news. I don't know. It's it's been going on for probably about a week, week and a half that there have been these lawsuits filed in this case. Now, we're going to look at the lawyers involved. Well, one lawyer in particular that's involved. And you know, it, sometimes I think it's interesting to look at who's involved in these cases. And look, I am a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer, right? I'm on the same side of these guys. But sometimes I scratch my head, right? So, um, that said, the defendants well let 's look at the defendants first, okay, and then we 'll look at who the attorneys are, because some of this I find head scratching maybe, maybe not, okay? Because, look, sometimes we cast a huge net because we want to hit the bigger dollar value individuals and then the you know all the way down to the smaller dollar value ones. But we have, as defendants, kind of no surprise here, Travis Scott, Drake. Live Nation. Live Nation put the concert on, okay? And Apple. Yeah, not Apple that you eat. Apple as in, you know, that phone that you're holding, okay? The Those of you on TikTok, most likely what you're watching this podcast on, on TikTok with, yeah, that Apple, okay? $2 billion lawsuit is what's being looked at here. And you know, one of the important things that I look at, Tony Busby is one of the attorneys that's involved. Now, I saw that name and I go, I've seen that name before. I've talked about that name before on the podcast. I wanted to go get my facts straight because I wanted to remember. I do not want to try to rely on my memory as to why I remember the name Tony Busby as an attorney, right? Uh, and I know he was out of Texas, right? Well, Tony Busby is the plaintiff's lawyer for the women in the lawsuit against Deshaun Watson, okay? Which we did talk about that some, so that is that is who tony Busby is and 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 I think he's made a name for himself in terms of pursuing those types of cases Now, we truly can't pursue cases in a sense because we can't go solicit people, we can't go be the first ones to reach out, you know but you, you get a reputation for taking on those those cases like that, and all of a sudden they start coming in and somewhat falling in your lap, right so there have been 282 plaintiffs that have become involved in this. Uh, 10 people were killed in the Astroworld incident. So it definitely, look, it's definitely a bad, bad scenario, right? Now, what you look at, though, is you go, how are some of these people involved, right? How are some of these people liable? And I want to take a look at the one that I think everybody would point to and say, It's got to be his fault. It was his show, right? And and that would be Travis Scott. And, And I look and I go, how much control did Travis Scott really have over the stage design, over crowd control, over the hiring of security, over the setup of how everything in the audience was set up? Okay, think about this. Travis Scott had a contractual obligation to be there. All right. So what happens is, is the artists and, and it was most likely through live nation. Okay. Live nation goes, we're going to set this concert up right They're generally the promoter and they go to Travis Scott's either manager or agent, depending on, on how the setup is. And they go, we want Travis Scott to come in. We're going to pay him X amount of dollars to come and do this show at this time. Okay. And in there, there's all these terms, right? The, you have to perform for this amount of time and we're going to give you these accommodations and you're going to do this and this and we're going to provide you with that and that and that, right? And everybody signs this contract and and most likely it's a written contract, okay? I could not imagine a show of this magnitude and most likely the amount that they paid Travis Scott to perform being on a handshake deal, okay? Um, Usually there's uh, some some clauses in there for merchandise. So whatever merchandise is sold, generally uh, the artist gets a a portion of that as well. That's generally, generally speaking, as we get off on a tangent here, um, probably more of a tangent for a DJ Eakin show. Um, Check that one out though. That's the free plug on uh, the Lawfather podcast. Check out Hip Hop Study Hall. But anyway, um, artists typically, at least historically, have made their money doing tours and shows, right? Because they get a, a a part of the gate, meaning a part of the tickets, they get a part of the merchandise, depending on how they have it in their contract, they may get part of the concessions. Okay. So, but that's generally where they make their money. Um, it, you know, you want to take a look at a good case study, look at Taylor Swift and, and what she has done with her new album. Um, wait, we wow, we're way off on a tangent here. Um, but typically a lot of times artists don't own their music. And I think that's something that has come up in, in more recent times. Uh, Taylor Swift's new album, not that I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but because um, I'm not, I find a lot of her music to be annoying, but be that as it may, she's super talented and really smart. The new album was, was a re release of her original album, and she changed her songs enough so that she would own the music because she didn't own her original songs. So keep that in mind, okay? Um, artists don't always own their songs, and I, I think um, in the past, it was more so that artists didn't own their songs, and I think uh, artists have gotten a little bit smarter over time that more of them more of them may and we may want to thank taylor swift for that cuz i think she brought that into light but anyway we are so far off we're going to bring this right back to texas okay we got texas sized off on a tangent and we're going to bring it all the way back so here's so we got travis scott right he doesn't he doesn't really have a say but let's say travis scott goes i'm not performing I'm not doing it nope look at all those people out there Okay. Yep. Uh, I met with the Houston police department and and the Houston police department told me as the performer that, hey, it might not be safe. Okay. There there could be crowd control issues. I'm the performer. I am under a contractual obligation to show up on that stage and perform. Okay. And if I don't, guess what? The people I have a contract with can come after me. Now I'm in trouble. All right. And I probably don't want that. And, oh, by the way, I'm not a crowd control expert, right? I'm counting on all the other people involved, right? Your Live Nation, the, the security fir- firms that they hire, the people who come up, and I would assume they have engineers, who come up with the way things are designed, okay? And, and there's, there's, uh, there's always a, a blueprint, if you will, of, of how these things should look and, and what's safe and what's not safe. Because quite frankly, this was not the first concert ever in the history of concerts, right? So there's a little bit of standard of knowing. Okay, this has worked in the past. This hasn't worked in the past, right? Setups like this have created, I don't know, stampedes. Setups like this don't, right? So that's not a Travis. Scott, that's not a Travis Scott question. It's not a Drake question either right? And from what I understand, Drake was backstage when this happened. Um, I'm not even sure that he had actually been out to perform yet. So where he falls into this, uh, your guess is as good as mine, right? Travis Scott, I understand bringing him to the party on some levels, right? Sometimes you bring everybody to the party. So that way the defense can't go, well, it's that guy, right? Um, So let's just say they didn't name Travis Scott. If I'm on the defense side, I go, Oh, well, it was Travis Scott's fault because, well, he's not a party of the lawsuit, so he's an easy one to become the scapegoat, right? So on some levels, you got to bring everybody, but from the really ability to show who's liable and who's at fault, I have a hard time with that one. I I do. Um, But this next one is even more head-scratching. Apple. How the heck are you bringing Apple to the party? Okay? Now, look, here's the deal. Apple was streaming this concert, and I don't know if it was live or if it was going to be recorded and then streamed at a later date. Um, but they were—they had it set up with cameras and microphones and whatever else is needed to stream a live music performance. Okay, you're going to say that that they—they they were a cause of this. Come on, I—I'm I, having a hard time with that one. Here's—here's here's where they get that. Okay. And this is this is a quote, and I believe the quote's actually from the complaint. Apple Music had cameras, camera stands, cameramen, and metal barriers surrounding each. These cameras effectively split, split the premises both horizontally and vertically by the metal barricades. The placement of cameras streaming for Apple Music's broadcast effectively limited many concert goers' means of exit. This dangerous condition would inevitably prevent individuals from dispersing that's what you're going with. I I just, I find that one to be a very difficult one. Not really sure how they're going to prove that in a sense that Apple had anything to do with the design, right? I would bet you, right, as they move through discovery, Apple wasn't even there. I would guarantee you every piece of equipment used for that streaming was through a third-party company. And, knowing how some of these big companies work big companies think apple okay they're so far removed from each of these pieces to the puzzle that they probably went through somebody to get to the third party who has all their cameras set up there who is providing everything needed and who oh by the way has what's called an indemnity agreement meaning that they go hey look hey apple if something happens we will provide you a defense oh and if something happens we take responsibility. You have no responsibility whatsoever because we're going to have an insurance policy. Usually they're they're huge. And and it was something like this, you're probably talking a five million or more type policy, right? You're never getting to Apple. Never happening. So that's and that's my guess in this. You're never going to truly get to Apple because I would guarantee I would almost guarantee you Apple was not involved directly. Okay? Now, does Apple settle? Oh, man, that's a great question because, man, you got a lot of plaintiffs. You have fatalities. You have a lot of pieces to the puzzle that create a lot of unknowns and a lot of risk and liability on their part. Okay. Um, now, we, we also have heard a lot about, and I mentioned this a little bit, hey, Houston PD told, uh, told Travis Scott, well, hey, this could be dangerous. The way this setup is, uh, it's not good. Not good, right? Consider this right and, and and Houston PD did nothing to shut it down and and I'm not truly not throwing the under the bus but everybody's doing this everybody's pointing at everybody else in this one and saying it's everybody else's fault it's it's their promoter it's Live Nation it's Apple's fault it's Drake's fault it's Travis Scott's fault um I think it's your grandmother's fault also so I don't know how but you know she uh mentioned Travis Scott's name one time and then Drake's you know in back to back sentences right but you know In 2019, Astro World show ran over five minutes. Five minutes. Five whole minutes. Guess what? Houston police cut the electricity to the venue. Shut down the show. Okay? Now, you want to talk about a potential for bad things to happen? Cut the electricity to a show, right? Or, oh, I don't know, if you're Travis Scott, you just go, I'm not coming out because it's dangerous. What if the same thing happened? What if the same stampede happened? All because Travis Scott said, I'm not coming out. Ooh, great legal question, right? Because now he's breached a contract. And because of that breach of that contract, something bad happened, Mm. right? Tough position, right? Rocking a hard place. So um, to, to think that Houston PD didn't have the ability to shut the show down and that this solely rested on the performer's shoulders... I think that's a tough place to be in, and I and I really don't see that as being liability on on the performer, uh, on Travis Scott. So, look, Houston PD could have shut it down if it was that big of a deal, right? So that is what we are looking at here. Those are kind of the nuts and bolts on a very high level of the Astro World lawsuit, right? And look, the on the plaintiff side, they're saying, hey, look, no one was incentivized to stop the show. Yeah, I mean, you could probably say that about anything, right? And I think if anybody knew what the outcome of this show was going to be, no one would have let it go on. I can't imagine that Live Nation would have said, "Yeah, hey, we know at the end of this show, people are going to die, but let's just do it anyway. Let's let's just see what happens," right? I I just don't see that as being a reality of life, right? I I just can't imagine that anybody would sit down and do that. You know, I, I can't imagine that they would sit down and go. Hey, we know this design setup is faulty, but we're just going to roll with it, right? It just doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense, okay? Um, and then the question becomes, let's just look at it from the flip side. Just one brief moment, okay? There is, is there, I shouldn't say there is. Let me throw this out there for you to consider. Is there inherent risk for you as a concert goer who is in a general admission section that is ground level with everybody standing up in front of the stage with no seats. Is there an inherent risk for an incident like this happening? Okay. And if there is, you may not have an avenue to recover because most times there's an inherent risk. Okay. You've assumed that risk and you don't have a case against somebody else because you've said, yep, you know what? This could be dangerous. This is in fact dangerous. I'm going to do it anyway because I want to, right? And, and I th- I feel like I've mentioned it before because I, I I feel like I this the example right, the woodsman. I, I don't think they call him woodsmans anymore. I don't know the the tree guy, right? The tree guy probably not okay to say that the person cutting down the tree with the chainsaw. Okay, that person has assumed assumed the risk of the use of that chainsaw, right? So if the chainsaw cuts that person's arm off, it is not the chainsaw's fault. It is that person's fault, okay? And I am not in any way, shape, or form saying that the people who were injured or the people who were killed, that this is their fault. But what I want you to consider from a legal perspective is, is there inherent risk In being floor level at a concert. Okay. That is that in terms of astral world. So let's change gears here and let's look at a listener question of the day. All right. And uh, before we jump into that, those of you, anybody who has comments, questions, wants a little bit more information on anything that we've talked about, Lawfather at tampalawfather.com. Great way, to, great way to reach me. That is the email address for this show. So anytime you need me, reach out to me on there. Questions, legal questions. That's how these legal questions come in. Um, any, uh, any comments that you have about the show, please direct them there. But without further ado, let's get into a listener question. And I feel like that this listener question ties very well into what we just talked about and uh, with Rittenhouse in terms of a civil case and in terms of World, okay? And it's something that being a personal injury attorney, it's something that I work with on a day-to-day basis, and that's negligence. And the question is this, what are the elements of negligence? Okay? And, and let's dive into what the, what that means, right? And what that means is, what do we have to prove that somebody was negligent and and what that means is did they do or did they do or did they fail to do something okay did they specifically do something did they specifically look down at their cell phone and cause a car accident right or did they did they fail to uh, I'm trying to think of a, a failed to example. I apologize. Um, did they fail to? Did they fail to put their blinker on and it caused a car accident? Okay, so they either explicitly did something or they failed to do something. That is what negligence is. So, what makes up negligence? Right? What are the pieces to the puzzle that you need to be able to prove? Right? And when we talk about these other cases, what did they need to prove? in order to show that the defendants were the ones that were at fault, number one is duty. Did that person, did that defendant have a duty to the person that was hurt? Did did they have any obligation to keep that person safe when we're talking about negligence, all right? Then we have breach. That person, that defendant, did or did not do something to, to that person that they owed a duty to, right? They breached that duty, Okay, then there's causation. Was that person hurt? Okay, if that person was hurt, was it caused by that breach of that duty? See, these all kind of stack up onto each other. Okay, so you have duty, breach, causation, and then we have damages, right? In what way was that person injured, right? And that can be physically, that could be emotionally, if there is a physical touching in Florida at least. And that can be financially, right? So those are your damages. So you have duty, breach, causation, damages. The defendant, the person who did wrong, right? So if we use the Astro World example, one of those people that we mentioned as defendants to the lawsuit, hypothetically at least did something wrong, right? Or, or they, they, excuse me, let's take a step back. They had a duty to the individuals. They breached that duty. They either did something. They either actively did something or they failed to do something to keep that person that they had a duty to safe. That person was injured and as a result, and that injury was a result, it was caused by causation, caused by the breach of that duty and that person was hurt, damages, right? They were physically hurt, they were emotionally hurt or they were financially hurt, okay? That's what makes up a negligence case. That's what all of this analysis comes down to. All right? So, that said, it is the Lawfather podcast right here from Lawfather Studios. Always check out all the shows on Radio Influence. Sometimes I'm sitting in my office. I'll just pop over to RadioInfluence.com, and I'll look at some of the different shows over there and just see what's going on with everybody else, right? Check out my good friend, DJ Eakin. Check out Jason's shows, and check out Ian Beckle's shows. And I know there's a lot of other shows on there. But those are just the guys that I know really well. So I just want to give them all a big shout out. Father, out.